Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting Friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. New year, new set of podcasts here at Golf Channel. I'm your host, Will Gray. Glad to be joined by Major League pitcher Josh Beckett, who many remember winning the World Series with Boston, but as a South Florida boy, I happen to remember Trader Jack McKeon <laughs> and uh, the 0-3 team when you did, by the way, take MVP honors. So great to have you in here uh, playing at the Diamond Resorts Invitational nearby in, in Orlando. So I appreciate you stopping by. Before we get into it, let's just go through some of your vitals here. Handicap, what do you got? Uh, I'm a three right now. Okay. Best career round? 68. How often are you playing? How many times a month? Uh, I'll probably get – I haven't been playing a whole lot recently because it's hunting season. So I've yes. been at my ranch a lot. Um, you know, this is this is kind of my time to be down there. And, uh, you know, then you, obviously then you have the holidays. Um, uh, so I, I've been a little bit busy, occupied. Last couple weeks I've been playing quite a bit, though. I probably played uh, – Probably played ten rounds in the last, and you know, I had a couple of days then where I played thirty-six. So okay. probably played ten rounds in the last couple of weeks. So if we get out to June and July, and the days are a little longer. Oh yeah, no, you're out uh, there yeah, more yeah. often than not. Yeah, I'll, I'll be out there probably four days a week. Okay. Now you mentioned hunting. I know you're you're a big hunter. Do you see some similarities in terms of the the, the time and the isolation, just to have some time to yourself on the golf course versus when you're out out hunting? I do, and uh, you know, I was, I was talking earlier about the. Uh, I have two two different ways. I mean, because I do try to take golf serious, yeah. you know, and, and so I have those days, and then I have days whenever I know I'm playing with my buddies that get out like once or twice a year, and you know, we'll just we'll kind of go just twist off, and those are just kind of days where, you know, I'm not just I'm not really worried about score. I'm just kind of, you know, just just kind of messing around on the golf course, but for the most part, I mean, I take it pretty serious. So where did this start for you? Were you growing up in high school? Were you a, a two sport guy, or did you? Kind of pick up the golf and get the golf bug more in your no. Well, after after I left Florida, I was big into fishing. I mean, we, Brad and I both had bass boats that we keep in uh, in Pembroke Pines at a oh, yeah. uh, um, at a storage uh, like a boat storage mm -hmm. unit, and we'd pick those up and go to Okeechobee every off day. You know, and then I got I got traded from uh, the Marlins to the Red Sox, and you know you got a lot of veteran guys on that team. You got Wakefield, Schilling, yep. you know, and they kind of got me into into golf a little bit and. Um, you know, so I, I, I picked it up probably when I was like 26 years old, and you know, I've slowly, slowly gotten to where like I'm, 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 I'm pretty smitten with it. So you wait until you move up to the Northeast where it's snowing four months out of the year, and you miss out on the 100 yeah. top shelf golf courses that were within spitting distance when you were at the Marlins. Yeah, yeah, that, that was next me. time around. You might just just want to invert those. <laughs> It'd be all right. Uh, so when, so if you say, all right, so you start when you're 26, you're a three handicap now. When did you feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing? Um, 
when I started practicing on short game stuff, it just made everything. And I and I took and about the same time I took, I tried to just take left, out, and I just tried to hit everything with a cut. You're a butter cut guy. Yeah, I mean, I, and I and I you know I try to keep it as a power cut, but a lot of times it turns into a high cut. And but that's that's that was whenever I really when I took one side of the golf course out, it just I mean my scores just started going down. Yeah. And uh, you know I really started practicing on my short game. Um, you know and. I don't feel like my short game is very good right now, but at, no at one no one feels like their short game is any good yeah. except for you know, maybe about Phil three guys on yeah, tour. Phil yeah. Mickelson. yeah, Phil Mickelson is very confident in his short game. He's got all the the, the world's confidence supply all, all for that, but yeah. uh, the rest of us still have some work to do for yeah. sure. Uh, you had mentioned before when we were before we started taping here a life bet with Kevin Millar oh, yeah. on the golf course. How did that come about, and where does the match currently stand? Uh, well, he'll probably he'll. I, I, I I know I'm up, but I mean it's been it's been. I only a, it's, have you here. Millar's not coming yeah, on it's deck. Been, so it's been it's been a it's been a pretty tight deal. Like he and I went out and uh, we we did the uh, the ace shootout yeah. last year, and we played 180, 188. It, like it might be plus or minus a couple. Right. We played 180 something holes, and at the end of the at the end of the deal, I think he owed me 80 bucks. <laughs> so I mean it was it was a That's very close. like yeah. up and down deal. Um, you know, and I think I think he usually beats me at his golf course, and when I bring him to San Antonio, I usually beat him at Oak Hills or Cordier. You feel like the, so you get him in the windy situations, he can't quite uh, handle him. If you're hitting the high cut down there in San Antonio, that can get you in trouble. Sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, but I know the golf course pretty okay. well, and um, yeah, I think that that that's like his golf course is just not. I just don't I don't know where to land the ball. He's got some blind tee shots and stuff like that. It's a it's a it's a great golf course, but I just can't. I. I it doesn't matter how many times I play. I don't know where to. I don't know where to hit my tee shots. Home field advantage, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's basically, what it boils down to. So, uh, staying on the San Antonio topic, I know you caddied for your friend Brett Wetterick in the Valero Texas Open this past year. Get you some experience inside the ropes. What's one thing that you saw just from caddying for 36 holes at a PJ Tour event that stuck out to you about you know the players, whether it be how they practice, how they play during a round? What was one thing that you sat there and you were like, wow, it is this is a little different than what I'm used to. Oh, the the practices. I mean, they they practice with a purpose. Yeah. You know, a lot of us we go hit balls, and I mean, we we just we don't know what we're doing. You know, and, and I'm I'm as guilty as anybody. But I, I watched a few guys. Um, you know, I watched Billy Horschel and him. He would hit he would hit a cut, and then he hit a draw, and then he did a straight one. And it was just it was very he was just yeah. he happened to be hitting balls right there. I wasn't, you know, singling anybody out. He just happened to be hitting balls next to us. But I mean, he you could tell like he had a. He, 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 there was a purpose while he was there, and uh, um, you know those guys are—they're very particular about their through lines. Um, which <laughs> you, learned, I, you learned that the hard way? No, okay. I, I never—I never got yelled at. I, okay. I caddied twice last year, and I never got yelled at. And I actually did walk in somebody's line, but he was super, super nice about it. And uh, um, I'm trying to remember his name. I can't remember what his name was. And it was—it was actually when I caddied in Lafayette. Right. Um, but. You know, I've got warned multiple times about this through line thing, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess they like to they, yeah. they like to make putts, so they hit them plenty with plenty of authority. Right. So they sometimes they run by, and they don't they don't want you standing in there three feet three feet past <laughs> yeah. where they think they might end up. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned you caddied in Lafayette, so it was at the the Chitty Matcha event on the web for mm -hmm. Brett. It's got to be 
a stark contrast with life on the web versus life on the PGA Tour. What's what, what did that look like to you, or what's you know? Like Brett's out? wife actually, uh, she. I mean, I, I I got I went everywhere Brett went, yeah. and uh, you know I just you know happened to be his caddy as well, and um, you know I just I, I did that because he's a buddy of mine. You know, I thought maybe I could help him. You know, we made the cut there. Um, you know, he actually he actually played good the first couple days, and it got super wet, and he played played poorly the third day but you know we finished up strong and um, you know I, I, it's definitely a different world for those guys I mean it's you know you see what the PGA Tour guys get um, and then what what happens on, on the web.com it's I mean it's, it's a it's a pretty big contrast you feel like it's similar to a triple-a majors no it's probably more like instructional league in majors <laughs> all right it's, it's kind of what it it's seems like jump. to me it's yeah those, those guys i mean those guys they deserve respect i mean because they're i mean they're following their dreams because it's not a it, there's not there's not this the glitz and glamour there's a little there's some tv coverage but other than that i mean you've probably been to these things yep. it's it's not a it's different it's it's totally yeah, night and day for yeah, sure and I, don't, I mean i don't know how else to to, to put that yeah. i just you know it's it's a it's a it's a big contrast what's one course on your bucket list Augusta National. All right, move beyond. Augusta National's on everyone's bucket list. Yeah. What, what's uh, what well, would be the one B on your bucket list? Oh man, one B. You've already played Pine Valley. That's I that's on Pine a lot Valley. of a lot of bucket lists. Yeah, I've played that one. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I haven't played, but I heard a lot about is Deepdale up in New York. Okay, I haven't played it. You know, and I. Um, I, just, you, I just hear things from people about like, oh, I played Deepdale and. I think I was actually going to play up there one time with uh, the Mets pitching coach, and I think we, we either got rained out or something, and maybe the pitching rotation got switched. And I didn't go, and I think I didn't get to I didn't get to play it. Now, are you when you're not caddying for Brett? Are you a spectator for golf? Do you like to go to to golf tournaments? Or are you more just watching on TV and playing? No, the TV on? coverage is so good now. I Look mean, at this what? plug. Look at this guy. Yeah. Well, well I mean, by all uh, means, tell me more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I. I, I went to, I went to the Masters the year I retired. You know, it was kind of my deal. I just something I wanted to do, and I I think David Faraday and George Strait have a charity event there in San Antonio every year, and Faraday actually donated like a, a, a personal trip to the Masters. You know, mm -hmm. we got you know we got practice day tickets, we got two days of tournament tickets, and we went out there and I mean it was it was awesome. But like I mean I. I there's no way I could do four days of, of watching a golf tournament. You couldn't see anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I, guess I just feel like the TV coverage is really good, and you guys are doing a great job. Are you a, a morning guy or are you an afternoon guy? Do you like the, the 7 a.m. dew sweeper round, or do you go out for the, the late twilight round? Um, either way. I mean, I, I, I like getting up and, and being the first guy on the golf course. That's, yeah. a, that's a cool thing you know, for me. I mean, I, I, like, I like doing that. But I'll also I'll stay out there. For, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll play my Keep morning. Going. I'll play my morning round and then I'll eat lunch and then I'll play an afternoon, the afternoon round as there well. There you go. That's getting the best of both worlds. Uh, you played much in in Europe, Scotland, Ireland, any of those places? No, I've, I've I've been to Italy. I played one one time over there. Um, I cannot remember the name of the golf golf course, um, but it was it was nice. I mean, yeah. I, I I really haven't traveled a whole lot until the last couple of years. I've been in New Zealand, uh, Italy, and Bermuda. Um, and Bermuda was for a, like a little golf tournament. Mm -hmm. So when you're with the Red Sox and you're starting to work that handicap down towards single digits, what's your your usual game? Who are you playing with besides Millar that you're trading two dollars with each way? Um, I 
play a lot with Tom Byram and Cameron Beckman right now. Okay. Um, well, no, when you were with the Red Sox. Oh, when I was, well, yeah. Millar didn't play. Okay. It, was, it was me, Wakefield, Schilling, and then later on, uh, Lester joined up, okay. and then Buck Holtz. And we had a, uh, just a, I was, it was just pretty much just a, Play a hundred dollars for the front, hundred dollars for the back, and the and then the the loser of the total uh, has to buy the other guy's shirt in the in the pro shop. The only rule was yeah. it didn't matter how much the shirt cost; it had to have the logo on it. That's a good. I like that. So and then the the deal was then you was the winner. Does the winner pick the shirt? No. Okay. Oh, the, yeah. The if, if you're getting the shirt, you yeah. go pick the shirt. It okay. doesn't matter how much it costs, right. and then you wear it to the field that day. It's basically like a it's a okay. it's a badge of honor. Like there that. you go. So was the rest John of the team. Lester's ass again today. <laughs> Were the rest of the team kind of aware that they're looking all right? This guy's coming in with the with the golf shirt. Oh, they and, knew, yeah. Okay. I mean, because you come in with like you know, because those new shirts have like the it's the the yeah, iron yeah, pleats, yeah. Yep. but they're they're in folded spots. Yep. So yeah, they knew. They knew. Uh, looks like Josh won today, or looks like <laughs> Buckholz won today. There you go. I like that though. I need to maybe incorporate that. The the winner gets the shirt yeah. off the loser. All right. Uh, if I make you PGA Tour commissioner for a day. What are you doing? What's your first thing? Oh. You know what? I got. I, I, I got to say this. Uh, I, I would. I would expand the field. Really? Get more guys in. Okay. Yeah. And I. I think a lot of it's just me being biased because some of my buddies are kind of, you know, right. on the on the on the, the outskirts. Cusp, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that, that that would be my one thing, you know, just because I, you know, I, I do that for my for my buddies. Right. Okay. Uh, are you a fast pace of play guy? Oh, I'm, everything I do, I'm in a hurry. Cameron, <laughs> Cameron laughs at me all the time. He goes, "What are you in such a hurry for?" I said, "I don't know. I'm not. I don't got nowhere to go." But I just, I, I'm, I'm, a, my motor moves fast. All right. Does it bother you to play with with a slow guy? I mean, we're seeing now headlines with Spieth and Day talking about well, Day especially that he's like, "I'm gonna just keep playing slow. I feel like I play better." When I play slow, so as you, as a fast player, does that affect your game when you're with a slower guy? You know, I don't. I don't really think I'm good enough to to let. Pretty handicapped. You're, you're to, pretty to good. let that even enter it, though. I think. I, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I wouldn't tell those guys anything to do. I mean, I, I mean, I know that they each have their own pace, but it seems like to me most of them want to play slow. Right. I don't. I don't really feel like very many of them want to just get up and hit their ball. You know, there's a very. Um, you know they, you know they, they think things through pretty pretty thoroughly. Did, um, did pace ever come up when you're pitching? Did you ever have a pitching coach that was telling you speed up, slow down? You know, I had position players that would tell me to speed up. The only time I got slow was when I had runners on base, and that was because I wasn't super fast to home plate. So I would hold the ball in hoping that he wouldn't be able to time me. Yeah. I would change my times up. But yeah, my position players they would be like, hey man, just speed up a little bit we're getting a little flat-footed out here Mikey Lowell was the best about it he'd just come and tell me he'd be like hey man just so speed it up a little bit so you're getting more from the infield guys than you are necessarily well the outfield guys I'm sure well, then the, then the coaches. So I think that oh yeah no the yeah. coaches I've never had a coach ever tell me you know speed up or slow down you know Perry Hill was the guy that told me to hold the ball for longer periods of time and then shorter periods and then kind of mix it up to hold the base runners how do you compare the two World Series rings it's, I, I think the actual it's, ring or no, like the no, the, the experience. I got to think it's like picking your favorite child, right? Yeah. Um, the hesitation makes me think otherwise. You might have a favorite. No, no, I don't. No, I don't have a favorite. I mean, I, you know, Boston is is. You know, we we were like from day one. I mean, it was just front like like I think we were in first place from day one all the way through the season. I mean, it was just we never even looked back. Um, the Marlins team was kind of. You know we. 
we kind of had this. It was it was cool because we all kind of came up together. Yeah, and we all sucked, really really bad. I mean, you, you probably I remember. Know. No, I remember those teams. Yeah, I mean, we all sucked. I mean, we and we a lot of us never even went to AAA. Yeah, you know, myself, Brad Penny, AJ Burnett. We came straight from AA, so yeah. we literally had to learn how to. We we took our beatings in the big leagues, mm -hmm. and you know we we really learned how to we learned how to lose, and then we learned how to win, and then. All of a sudden, it's like 2003, and we fire our manager, and we get Jack McKeon, who's, I mean, I don't know, he's 200 years old at that time. You know, Give or take, but yeah. That's we show right. up to the ballpark, we have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Well, this was really before, like, all the internet stuff oh, had yeah. taken off, too. So, we're, you know, we show up, and it's like our pitching coach is fired, our strength coach left because he was Jeff Torborg's son. Uh, you know, our manager, you know, we got Jack McKeon walking around in there. Surprise. Yeah, well, it's yeah. just like, okay. I mean, but and we, you know what, uh, you know the the front office they they lit a fire. If that's what they were trying to do, they did it. You know, yeah. and we went from that 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 point on. I think we played like, I don't know, we were forty games over five hundred or something. I mean, we killed everybody. Yeah, you know, pretty much from that point on. And um, you know, I don't think it was anybody's fault. Jeff Torborg or Brad Arnsberg. I mean, I thought they were doing a great job. And, um, you know, it just I, maybe we just needed something different. So it ended up working out and. That that was just a cool one because we were we were we were young and sucked and and then we were now we were young and good and yeah. it was you know we're got guys wearing fedoras on the I mean it was just it was just it was a different They're different like it, you it said it's, it's deal. like you got two kids I couldn't I couldn't pick one yeah I mean Boston is an unbelievable place to win yeah I mean you you win there and it's you're 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 God all right last one before we let you go besides the guys that you have life bets with so take Millar out of this who's one person that you want to beat. At Diamond Resorts, well, well, I mean, I'd like to. I mean, I, I want to beat John Lester, which I think I'm going to do. Okay. I feel like Millar is going to give me a little more competition. Um, you know, those are my two like real competitive guys. That I mean, we're like we're competitive beyond. I mean, it's it, it, it like hurts your feelings when you lose those two guys. Well, I can trust you. Everyone's got that circle, yeah. right? You take the dollars out when of it. Millar beats me. Like I, I'd rather somebody else give him the money. I just, I mean, it could be my money, but just but it, somebody else third give party. It to, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, it's, it's not good. All right, so Millar and Lester, those are the, the two to keep an eye on. Well, Josh Beckett, World Series MVP. Thank you very much for joining us on this Golf Channel podcast. I'm Will Gray. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.